Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oakbridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? I think what they said, a Thursday, I was at the game on Saturday and I, I finally feel not hungover as an old man washed up as Sojourn said before, I'm washed up and I'm old. So it takes a long runway to recover, but, uh, dude, every day on the podcast is, is, uh, you know, is, is a holiday. And I'm, I'm just pumped to talk about the defense. Cause I'm not a defensive guy. Sojourn is, but like in my eyes, they've gotten so much better. So very excited to talk about it. Absolutely. And uh, like Bernie said, we have our friend Sojourn Shelton back in the house today. Uh, Sojourn, you can catch him now as well as Warren Herring and James White on Big Ten Platoon. Uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit more, jumping into the defense as well. Plus, we've got some of your questions for the mailbag sent. Thank you for sending those in. Before we get into it, I want to remind you all that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got over there at betonline.ag head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts we are going to start here today talking about the evolution of the defense over the past you know four to six weeks since we last had sojourn on the show and i think that we can all see that there have definitely been some improvements. So let's start with some of these improvements, Sojourn, in your eyes, in the past month or so. What's the biggest step forward the Badgers have taken? Um, I think the pass rush, man. Like, and I, is, you even seen it, you know, on Saturday against Ohio State, just being able, uh, I want to say, to get four sacks um, against a, a pretty good, you know, offense, a pretty good offensive line. And I just think just overall, the pressure they've been getting, getting on quarterbacks for the last month has also helped in the back end. So when you say just improvements, it's really an overall improvement um, from the pass rush working hand in hand with, you know, the guys covering in the backside. I mean, in the back end and you've able to see, you know, those guys make more plays on the football just by, you know, a little a couple more seconds or a little bit more um, pressure on the quarterback. I think the back end guys have done have allowed this. I'm actually the opposite. I think, okay. I think our DBs are so much better than we've seen they, the past couple of years that they are allowing our guys to get home sometimes. I mean, yeah, you know, granted, I, the Ohio State game was a little different. We had guys who were teed up, ready to go. 
And yeah. I love our defense play with confidence. That got me hyped. I mean, yeah, and I think overall, like, when you're able to play in conjunction together, and I, I think, like, overall, you're starting to see it. Those guys are are getting on the same page. And so much of coverage isn't just, hey, this is your guy, go cover him. It's, it's, it gets a lot more complicated once you get to college and you get to the next level because things have to work hand-in-hand together. You got to communicate, and you can see guys are truly doing that. And a lot of guys have been stepping up. I mean, obviously, Rico – um, Hunter is really one of my favorite players to watch. You know, that kid is a missile. He's everywhere. Um, he's, to me, an eraser, right? Like, you have to have one of those type of players in the back end where, you know, obviously he can come down, he can stand in a box, he can, you know, he can tackle well. But um, when you got guys on the outside that can be aggressive and that want to make plays on the ball, you know, sometimes you get caught. And when you have a safety like Hunter who he can get from hash to hash and, like I said, an eraser can cover those mistakes, you know, I mean, you're, you're good. Wait, so I got to ask you, we played possibly, we had guys on from Ohio State that say he, this guy, Marvin Harrison Jr., might be the best mm-hmm. wide receiver they've ever had, which is a, an amazing accolade if that if that's true. I don't know. What, on a defensive back, like, what is day one? Like, when you come in on Monday, you're like, what's a coach saying? Like, what are you thinking? What's going through the heads of of all the guys saying we're playing one of the best dudes? And then, you know, he's going to have a day. How do you kind of, I don't know, um, stop like the well from opening? Um, Well, it's so crazy. You say that, right? Like me, James Warren, when I tell you guys, we were impressed uh, just honestly watching, you know what I'm saying? Like being able to see a prospect like Marvin, like, you know, I could remember watching his pops, you know what I'm saying? As a kid for the Colts. So to me, it was like, you know, I, I didn't think Marvin, uh, you know, big Marv was that big, but seeing him is like, he's all of six, four, two Oh five. Like he is well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, just coming in on Monday is, you know, you know, it's going to be fun. You know, you're, you're playing a guy that they're gonna, they're gonna feature, right? Like their offense grows honestly through him, you know? So as good as he plays is, is how good, you know, as a team, they're on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to play. So I think overall as a player, you know, um, as a, you know, a secondary, you come in, you, you're ready to take on the challenge. Um, you know, I could just think, you know, date back to, you know, guys that, you know, I played at my time there, um, and then just our unit as a as a whole, just being super excited and geeked for for the challenge. You know, I was able to play against at the time, you know, Corey Davis, who ended up going uh, top five and being, you know, the first receiver off the board. And it kind of like that that matchup with you know him and Rico, and then with me, Corey just kind of gave me, you know, like like a, a similar feel, right? Like you're playing against, uh, you know, honestly, like if if not the best player in college football right now. Um, you're playing against the top guy and, you know, you, you want to be put on the spotlight and Rico was on the spotlight. And I think he, I think he balled and I, that whole secondary played well, to be honest with you. Yeah. I want to talk about Rico more specifically here in a minute, but I think there are some things with this defense that are still lacking a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, one thing that Bernie and I keep coming back to is the yeah. run fits. And we saw a lot of cutback lanes, especially for Trevion Henderson this past weekend, he was able to gash the deep, the, the run defense where can this unit still improve, Sojourn? I, and I, I like you hit it on, you hit it perfect, right? The just the run fits and and um, you know, stopping the run. Uh, it's not even Ohio State and you know Trey Hand the past I want to say two weeks, right? Iowa, I think we I, I want to say they're running back rushed for like 174 yards, 
and then um, I'm going blank on who was the team that we played in. Illinois, between. you know, Luke Altmaier, yeah, the quarterback. Illinois, Illinois had a 100-yard rusher, right? So that's kind of overall been where we've been lacking as a defense. And then, like, even in the Ohio State game, like you say, the cutback lanes, you know, the whole time we were watching the game, it was like they kept getting to the edges, right? Like our, our ends wasn't cutting off, as we would say, like the lane, like cutting off the water, right, which is forcing a guy to cut back. And then you you hope the flow of the defense gets there. Um, so it's it's obviously the 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 rushing the the you know stopping the run. But I think overall, like I, I we talked to Sam Arneson, um, and he brought up just a, a really uh, important piece, and he was just saying like how things overall just take over time take time to get acclimated and adjusted to. And he was saying like even when we went from you know, uh, even when we went from coach B to coach A, right? Like obviously learning the whole new system that took time. And it's just, it, it doesn't just click right away. And then even when we went from coach A back to coach Chris, it still took time to just try to, you know, get, you know, down and, and to have it a hundred percent. So I think that's what we're going through right now with coach fickle, right? They're, they're still trying to figure out, you know, their fits and where they need to be in certain spots. And, you know, I think, you know, people don't want to like, people don't want to accept it that it's a kind of like a rebuild year, but um, I think next season, everything will be, I think everything will be fine, but we just gotta, we gotta finish off these last couple games strong. It's sort of, is it, is it the three three five that's really? It's much different. Everyone says, "Oh, you have three. You know, it sounds three 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 four is the same as a three five, but it's really three three five. It's really really different for offenses to go against it to game plan, but also for for defense to learn. Is that our biggest? Do you think that's our biggest issue? It's just it just we're we have to break not bad habits, but five years. Some guys have been on the team four years, three years, yeah. six years. We have to break those habits." that we are, you know, maybe Jimmy, you could tell me best. He's like, Hey man, if you're a D lineman, go make a play. Or we had the dudes to make those plays. Now we need guys to hold gaps and they're trying to make plays. It just seems like we're just, um, we're getting better each week, but it's hard to break those habits. As you were saying, is that our biggest concern? Yeah. And it's, I mean, habits is a very, uh, important thing in football, right? Like you've been doing something for so long. And like you, like you said, we got guys that's been here three, four years, sometimes five years, and they're so accustomed to doing it this way. And then you have a new coaching staff that demands you to do it a whole nother way. Right. And it's nothing wrong with that, but it's just a part of just, like I said, getting the reps, seeing it. A lot of football is seeing the looks, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think overall, as guys continue to see looks and, you know, they continue to figure out, you know, all right, I need to be here when the ball gets here or to protect the cutback lanes. Once you fully understand what everybody in the defense is doing, um, I think it helps out. And I think that's really an underrated uh, kind of like ability, right? Like to be able to understand, okay, like if I'm playing corner, the D lineman should be here or, you know, a linebacker should be flowing this way. Like once you understand the big picture and you can see it, everything runs a lot more smoother. Yeah, and one of the things that I've really been noticing about this unit, this 335 under Trestle and Hitchler, is they seem to be rotating guys even more than I can remember from any unit before, especially in the front six, I guess it is, for Wisconsin um, at this point. But they're also bringing a lot of like three safety looks. I noticed we saw a lot of Austin Brown this past game, who actually I thought at safety looked really good. Kamoy Latu yeah. had his best game of the season against Ohio State as well. Um, 
Talk about, I mean, the only guys who seem to be always on the field for this team are Rico Hallman uh, and Hunter Wohler. Like, those are, like, the only two guys, it seems, that are out there for every snap. Other And Jason Matry, the slot corner. Those are the only yeah. three guys that seem to be out there for, like, every single snap. What is all of that rotation doing positively for the defense? And also, as a player, is there, what are sort of the pros and cons of being rotated in like that? I mean, the pros is, you know, like, especially, like, if you're on a D lineman, you, you can put your hand in the dirt and go get the quarterback, right? And you're you're rushing with knowing that, you know what I'm saying, like, you can, you're going to save some of that energy. The con is you can't never really get into, a you know, a, a rhythm. And, and it's so much of, like I said, football is feeling the game and um, just seeing certain looks, right? So that's really a con. To, to in my opinion and I, I could say you know from a corner standpoint right like and our our secondary hasn't been rotating as much um but uh you know it's it's such a field thing right like and I think that was that was uh how do I say this that was an important piece with trying to start with trying to stop Marv um you know I just think like sometimes you you get out there and you're able to you know get in front of him and you're able to see what what he's good at what he's not good at or, you know, what's his, what his weaknesses is. And when you're rotating, I just feel like you don't, you're not able to get that feel, you know, as, as, as much as maybe as Ricardo was, but Ricardo wasn't, wasn't traveling. So I think overall, as far as like the pros and cons to, you know, our rotation is, yeah, you're able to conserve energy and go after the quarterback or, you know, you know, you're fresh, you got fresh legs, X, Y, and Z. And then the, the con would be just, just not being able to feel the game too much. Let me ask you a wacky question. Cool. Do you think that maybe the coaches are like, hey, listen, we're going to win out and we're going to see them again and let's not show everything. Like maybe our game plan will be so much different because you have to think this way, right? We're we're going to face either if we win out we went and out. Iowa loses, we're going to face Michigan or Ohio State. Ohio State. And that's what, like, I when, when you said that, I could kind of see maybe that being uh, the case, but... I think us losing to Iowa is was was really big. And I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like obviously we gotta win out, but we need them to lose one. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. um I think on the defense side of the ball, I think on the defense side of the ball, it's not really so much. You know, I tell people all the time, it's only so many coverages you can run. Maybe on offense, you can, you know, you can you can uh you know game plan and and um you know keep certain looks away until maybe if you see another team again. But you know, offense, you you only got so, I mean, defense, you only got a certain amount of looks you can show, which is either cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four. And then, you know. <laughs> but you put Hallman on Harrison maybe next and have him travel. Like, could that me, be a, a, a wrench in the, the the works? Me personally, I do, right? And that's just because I feel like Ricardo has, he has shown and proven um, that he is a premier and he is a good corner. Now, the thing with that is, everybody's scheme necessarily doesn't fit that. And, you know, I'm sure. sorry, I, right now, I don't know if Trussell's schemes fit that. Because if you want to go back, I don't think Sauce Gardner traveled at uh, at at Cincinnati. You know what I'm he saying? He didn't, so, but he also had another, like, top 100 pick in Kobe Bryant yeah, Kobe across Bryant. from him on the oh, other yeah. side. So sure. they that wasn't like a one-man show. I'm not, not saying that this cornerback unit is a one-man show with Hallman, but he's shown that he's the best guy in that he's room. And what you saw Ohio State counter with in the second half, especially, was put Harrison in the slot against Matry. 
right? Yeah. Because Maitre, I mean, Hallman's not a big guy, but Maitre's even smaller. And yeah. you saw that, at least I saw them the way I took it. They put him against Maitre to get to really prioritize that matchup. And yeah, like you said, like you don't see them traveling also because Maitre's only played in the slot. He never plays outside. Court. He never played on the outside. And I mean, yeah. I, that, I think that just comes with overall just experience right like Matry's gonna he's gonna get those looks now and then you know as he grows as a player now he can if it, all all guys should be interchangeable and they can move mm-hmm. Matrix on the outside and the inside and the same thing with like Rico and you know everybody else once guys are able to be moved around then I think you know what I'm saying that is the chess piece and the the counter move to you know moving Marvin you know in in the slot or wherever you want to move him to but that that was just something that was real big to me. Like I was wondering, like, oh, you know, hey, is is Rico gonna travel? And we kind of we talked to him on Friday, and he told us like right now, um, they're just playing sides. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either, you know. Um, but when you have a guy like that, like he has to be the star. Like you have to know where eighteen is every single time. And I think about the touchdown he scored on the on the under route where he uh where he took it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it was first touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's the first one? Um, stuff like that, you just got to communicate, right? You got to know where Marv is. And when Marv is going in, you know, you should have guys saying under, 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 and either a linebacker should be, you know, taking them on the cross or a safety coming down or however it may be. And like, so a perfect example of, you know, guys working together on Rico's pick, they were in cover three and Marv came on the over from the other side. And you can see guys communicating and Rico seeing it. Okay, this my post push to the safety. Now I, this this guy coming across, he's coming right, he's coming right to me, and the quarterback didn't see him, and, and that's where you had the you know interception from Rico. Well, let's keep talking about Rico because he has turned into one of the premier corners in the nation, right? I mean, I think at this point he's got to be a first team All Conference guy. He's second in the nation with five interceptions. The pick six against Rutgers basically won the game for the Badgers. That's a fourteen point swing. What's he doing that's making him so impactful? Um. Man, like this is obviously my like my first time really getting a chance to really know him and just I think what he's doing is man his IQ is on another level um just being able to see things and I said it uh you know last week um talking with James it just honestly it just seems like everything like the game is truly slowing down for him it's in slow motion everything's playing out how it's supposed to and he's in the right spots and he's doing the toughest part which I said is catching a football making a play like Everything else is easy, right? If you if you if you stick to your keys and you you're you're all where you're supposed to be, the hardest part from that point is securing the interception and catching it. And he's doing the hardest part, which is catching the ball. Um, I will say I was a little bummed out. Um, I've been keeping tabs on, you know, I think he he's worked his butt off so much that he's deserved to be, you know, in that conversation for the Thorpe Award. And I just seen this past like uh, either yesterday or or Tuesday, they came out with the the quarter semifinalists or whatever case. And, uh, you know, I was bummed that he wasn't in it because, you know, I just think it's not fair for a guy to, you know, have five interceptions, right? He's tied for second in the most in, in the conference or whatever the case may be. In the um, country. Interceptions. You got to pick six. And if you're watching football, he's been the bright spot of our defense. Like when you know how important certain players are to a defense, I just feel like that should be taken into account for. So, you know, um, I, I, you know, him not making a list kind of just, you know, upsetting me a little bit because, 
you know, he, he, you know, he deserves to be on there, but you know, for him, you know, I want him to just keep pressing, keep going, keep making plays. He has, you know, we're going to face teams that are going to throw the ball uh, this weekend. Indiana is a team that is, is going to let it fly. So he's going to have more opportunities uh, to, to, you know, to make more plays. And, um, you know, I'm just overall happy for Rico, you know, he know, he, you know, he know he's my boy and, um, you know, I just want him to keep going. Another Florida guy, another, another Florida guy. Uh, yeah, that too. Right. Yeah. Being yeah. from, Yep, South Florida too. So, yeah. uh, you know, just just happy for him. He's he and he's a good kid, right? Like I don't know if you guys have got a chance to you know meet and talk to him, but um, not yet. Yeah, yeah, he's a good kid. He reminds me a lot of James as far as just being like even kill, laid back kill. Um, yeah, he's the one. He's the one. Yeah, he's he he's been absolutely fantastic, and I you know I I hope he keeps getting these these ints because I mean he he's a playmaker, and I thought even from the beginning of the season till now, one of the things that's impressed me most is I felt like a couple of those interceptions early in the season he was really gambling on those, and now he's just making them in phase, right? Yeah. He's not even gambling for them. It seems like he's even like a step ahead of where he was in week one, week two. But you know what the crazy thing is like. Sometimes, we, and you know, I mean, I can't, I could just speak for my, but sometimes we legit are gambling and that's what, that's what the position is, right? Like when you want a guy to go out there and some plays do fall in your lap. Um, if you're, if you're where you're supposed to be X, Y, and Z, but sometimes, man, you got to gamble out there. You know, if you want to make a play, if you want to be that player to, you know, uh, you know, shift how things are going in a game or give moment, like momentum is such a big piece of football as well when you when you're able to you know take the momentum from an offense that's driving the ball and give you know your offense a, you know a couple more possessions to score I think that's that's extremely important in a, in a football game as well so you know maybe in a in the in the start of the season he was gambling and I do think you know sometimes he's he's gambling but it's more understanding of hey like this is the stuff that I've seen on film and I know it's coming so I can take that gamble and that calculated risk and it's paying off for him so I know we're jumping into uh, a different segment in a second, but what are you, what are you so excited? Like what overall for the Badgers, what, what was really exciting about Saturday for you and, and what are you excited for in the future? Um, so watching the game, we played Ohio state very, very tough. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, from a defense standpoint. So I am in the future. I am just, looking at what we have now and understanding that it's going to take time and coach fickle is going to, you know, he's going to get his guys or not get his guys, but he's going to get, you know, people in certain places that he wants them to be. And then, um, you know, just building his philosophies and X, Y, and Z, as far as, you know, our team, I'm excited for where we are going to go. And I think that's what I took away from the game. Like I've been watching on TV but it's a whole totally different feel when you're out there and, you know, you can, you can see the guys communicating and talking and trying to get on the same page and they're playing, which now is the number one team in the country. And, you know, for the most part, we played them tough. So I'm excited for the future and, you know, how coach Fickle is going to steer this thing and put it all together. Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager, Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, 
from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anacete. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. All right. Well, as Bernie alluded to, we, we've got a, a mailbag segment. Thank you for everyone who sent in your questions, uh, especially on IG. We got a bunch of them, so I couldn't even get to all of them. But we're going to start. This is for both of you guys. What is the craziest thing that you ever saw in the weight room? I don't think it has to be like the biggest thing you've ever seen lifted. But what was the most like impressive or craziest thing that you ever saw in the weight room? Bernie, I'll start with you. I mean, I I wasn't there for it, but Chris Presley doing however much he did twenty thousand times is is uh I mean what we had him on he said he did what it was it was over six hundred pounds and he did it nine or ten times he ripped his shirt off you know knuck or if you buck like this you know like the whole thing was wild and I remember those days um you know with fondness of like maxing out and it was hilarious but watching that guy lift was scary 605 for nine reps that's crazy <laughs> he broke my record of uh so he broke my record for fullback squat and he broke what's his name's record uh aaron gibson's for total pound pound poundage yeah or whatever yeah yeah i would believe that he might still hold the record uh, uh crazy. about you the craziest thing for me, oh, Matt B, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, in those, those big lift groups, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's not even just like a, a story, man. It's just those, those summer workouts, man, was crazy. And then if you were, so, you know, obviously you got a first group and then you got a second group. So, you know, I could vividly remember, you know, coming into the locker room, coming in the weight room sometimes of that second group and just seeing guys like lay it out, like, oh, shoot, what we what we got today, you know, and you start, you start knowing certain people that like, okay, I know, you know, I know Matt B is good at powerlifting. Okay. Well, if he's looking like this in a weight room, <laughs> what in the world is going on in here? So I can't really, uh, you know, name specific guys just in my whole, in my tent, my time there, I've, I've seen people pretty much lift the world, <laughs> but, uh, I can't name specific names, but, yeah, the weight room can be a scary place, man. Could be a scary. What place. lift? What lift did you fear the most? Or like have be like, oh my god, I can't believe we have to do this today. Oh, bro, in the summertime, we used to have to run like forty-one. It, not all at once, of course, but we used to have like to run thirty or forty one uh, tens, and they have to be timed. So you know, skill guys with sixteen seconds, and 
uh, they, you know, that thing, you know, it get, it get hot in Madison for sure. You know, people don't really get cold, but it get extremely hot during the summer. So, uh, you know, just, just running all those one tens on the field with it blazing outside, you can feel this, you can feel the heat on the turf. Like it just used to be, uh, you had to get your mind right for sure. <laughs> all right. Say, but I, I completely agree. Just the thought of like how hard you had to work out, go run, do these things, power lift, and you had to be teed up every time you went in the rave. There was no like, hey, coach, I'm going to take a break today. They're like, yeah, in no. four, five years, there's not one of them. So Man. just to even just to even have dudes be able to do it, you know, day in and day out, just says a lot about some people. Yeah, it sounds insane. It's, it's so cool what your body can do when you, you know what I'm saying, when you put your mind to it and you push your limits, it's so cool what your body can do. I, I definitely will say that. All right. This next one is from uh, Sam in Oconomowoc. Uh, which player that you played with uh, would help the 2023 Badgers the most? So who would you want to plug in to either the offense or the defense? I would want to plug in TJ, man. Like, uh, it's okay. so just playing with him was so fun. Like, literally a unlimited motor. He could get to the quarterback. TJ made it so fun. Like, I used to tell TJ and Beagle, they both were – were really good but um you know those guys made it so easy to cover uh you know receivers back then it literally felt like you either hike the ball and you have one second to get it out um but I think just right now where we are like if you pass rushers are so important to you know football that if you plug in a, a you know a star like TJ and in any kind of defense and he's able to just go after the quarterback and um you know get sacks change the the, the field position he he's the guy that I would want to plug in what about you, Bernie? I mean, I'm on an offensive side. So I think there's two. I think we would probably need Joe Thomas the most. Yeah. I mean, we, we need an O-lineman. I would say Lee Evans would change the pass game tremendously. Okay. So, you know, it's, a, it's hard to say. a vertical threat. Yeah, I, I can see that. And he didn't drop a ball. Like, he never dropped a pass. So, like, yes, those guys. I mean, on the defensive side, I mean, anyone on the D-line. Antaj would right. be amazing. Uh, Jason Jefferson, Erasmus James. You're we talking about like every one of them was, you know, in the NFL and were just dominant. So, but if I had to pick one, I think Joe Thomas. I think if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd pick JJ Watt. Uh, okay. You pick TJ. I would pick JJ because of, like you said, those, like the run issues we have. I feel like he would clean up a lot of the yeah. run defense issues as well as be an elite pass rusher, especially on, you could kick him inside on, on third and long. I love what you, you'd be able to do there. Okay. This next one, uh, just for Sojourn. Uh, would you have liked playing corner in the 3 3 5 uh, as opposed to the 3 4 you played in? Why or why not? Um, Excuse me. Uh, to, uh, to, to be honest, like for me, I don't really think it, I don't really think it would have mattered if I would, I would like to be in a three, four, I guess that's what I was successful at, but um, you know, uh, just, it's kind of the same. Like I think corner is so much of knowing your rules and knowing what you can do and what you can't do. And I just think that's why the diff it wouldn't really be too much of a difference if I was to play in a, you know, three, four or three, three, five, I think a three, three, five is a lot more helpful for, uh, our D lineman to just be able to go just rush the quarterback. And I think that would have been fun, right? Like if I was in a three, three, five with Beagle and Watt and TJ Edwards and Joe Schrober and Joe Schrober and those guys going after the quarterback, uh, you know, I think that would have been cool as well. But 
I, I was successful in the in the three four, and I, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final one we've got here for today. Uh, this is from Josh in Chicago. Uh, what Camp Randall tradition, other than jump around, is your favorite? Because we know everyone loves jump around, but what Camp Randall uh, thing that either happens in the stands or on the field is, is your favorite part? Oh, we got a build me a buttercup is good. The 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 F U E, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know you guys have heard it. That yes, E S F U. <laughs> yeah, that that one is, is pretty cool. It's pretty funny as well. I probably would go with that. I mean, the jump around is is next to none. Like just being there um on Saturday was just feeling the energy. Like I haven't seen it in person since I left uh, you know, uh, Madison. So being around there, like it's it's nothing to know. But if I had to pick one, I would go with the the F U. It's just it's funny to be in like you know honestly like out there in the game and you're hearing that you're like are they really saying that <laughs> are they really saying that <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna I'm go with that one uh i, I mean i have so I, all of them are amazing i like the wave that it goes slow you know it goes yeah. it goes regular it goes back it goes slow it goes fast uh that cracks me up i love when o section goes oh and everyone goes sucks 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 i think yeah. that's great <laughs> um one of my favorites is the student section race I love it. Yeah. I love it. You really, everyone's watching, like peaked interest to see if yeah. like, who's going to win, who's going to go nuts. Who's going to say you suck. It just cracks me up. And, it, and it's right before jump around, which yeah, then right gets you like hyped. Yeah. I've been in a lot of, I would say important games and I, <laughs> right. Like, like going into the third, or going into the fourth corner and it being third down, we got a big third and eight. And I'm like looking at the Jumbotron, trying to pick which letter going to win the race. Uh, <laughs> I got a question for you guys. I got a question for you guys. Uh, Matt B, you, you, you kind of, you brought it up and you were saying you would have went with uh, Evans as a receiver. Um, do you think that we just, do you think that we don't have the guys to get in? I'm not trying to, you know, step on anybody's toes or anything, but do you think we don't have the guys to get open or to help out in a pass game? Or do you think it's from a scheme standpoint, we got to scheme a little bit more to, uh, you know, play to these guys' strengths and get them open? No, that's a great question. I actually think we have the guys. Yeah, because we do. I, 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 I do. <laughs> if, if you're looking at offense when I played, I mean, Anthony Davis, I could have said a bunch of guys. AD would have been great in this offense. Um, Calhoun. Would have been, I think he's the typical, like James White, you know, like those guys are the typical, but like Lee was just different, man. You could throw a ball. Like he's a game changer. Yeah. You know, I think we have the guys to be game changers. I just don't think we've asked them to do that. Like when we threw up the ball against Illinois and Will Pauling just went up and got it, you know, like yeah. that's a game changer. Like obviously we won because he did that, but we threw the ball. We had confidence to throw it. And we had confidence he'd make the play. And Anytime you threw Lee the ball, you had confidence he was going to make the play. And and I think that's – he he's a special dude. Um, but I love our guys. I mean, I really do. I love Braden Locke. I think he can he can sling it. Yeah, he can. Um, but I think we need to protect him. And that's why I went with Joe because I think we have those dudes. I don't think any of those guys right now are Lee Evans caliber. I mean, you're – he's one of the best to ever play in, in Wisconsin. yeah. I will add a couple things. I think that our biggest issue is not getting open. I think it's drops. Um, receivers have yeah. 24 drops already this year, um, not counting tight ends and bash. Yeah. And so for me, it's a combination of, I think some of the play calling is a little, you know, it, it, they're, they're not at the 400 level class yet. 
they're somewhere at like the one or the 200 level class. And a lot of those routes are a little bit shorter. And especially when you drop the short balls, it's absolutely killer to me. Yeah. And so the combination of, you know, you saw defenses slack off a little bit once, you know, Skylar Bell hits the big bomb against Illinois, right? Once we get some of these deeper passing routes, the Pauling touchdown that Bernie talked about, even against Ohio State, um, you know, that Pauling touchdown, you see defenses have to back off a little bit and get a little bit more space, give a little more space underneath, and then those guys are catching the ball. But when it's really tightly contested catches underneath, we're, we're dropping them yeah. all the time. And to me, you cut those drops in half. And then we're getting a lot more plays and a lot more momentum going. And so to me, yeah, the guys can get open, but they're drop- it's simply that they're dropping the ball. Yeah. And that is 24 is a lot. 24 is a lot of drops. I, I mean, I mean, I knew it was I knew it was a lot of counts, but 24 is 24. Um, I like that's bad. I, yeah, I, I like DK a lot, man. I just I, I don't know. I just I, like even just his playmaking ability and what he was able to do with the the punt ret- was it a punt? It was the punt return. Mm-hmm. Uh, to flip the, the field position against Ohio State. I just wish we could get him the ball more. Um. I feel like the games where we did take shots to him and he and he came down with it, it really helped. Like I could remember the bomb on the side of the field against uh, Washington State. Like that was a, a really big turning point in the game to help us get on the scoreboard. I want to say before halftime or, or whatever the case. But early it was, third, it, I think it was early third quarter. Oh, okay, so early. Yeah, I know it was a transition period, but I just want to see those. I think that'll help us out a lot with obviously now, you know, Braylon being hurt, but uh, just getting lighter boxes, right? Like if you, if you know that you have to defend and you have to win the numbers as far as like plugging guys and uh, to help out in the pass game, Braylon in our running back room will get some of those lighter boxes. But like you said, I mean, with 24 drops, you got to show me, <laughs> you guys got to show me you can catch the ball. So uh, I mean, and also uh, soldier you, you, so about Lee Evans, but he had Brandon Williams, who was, yeah, Brandon Pretty much yeah, a playmaker. He, he, he played like he was seven feet tall, but he was yeah. five <laughs> nine. Um, <laughs> you had jo- uh, uh, J-O, J-O. Jonathan Orr, who could run the stretch the field, and then previous you had um, Darren Charles, who was like six eight. So like we had underneath guys, we had all these dudes. Lee could just play his game. He was he never needed to go outside of his game, which was the best game you could possibly have. But. Um, I think we have these dudes and I want to open it up because you're saying a lighter box to me is a beautiful box. And we, we don't do that yet. And I think it's because we have some drops. We don't get into first downs. So, you know, we, what a bunch of times we're, we're like not even 50% on third downs. So it kills, we're killing drives on our own side. Yeah. And I look at Ohio State even this past weekend playing them like, just knowing what we had to do to try to stop or slow down Marv, it, you know, Henderson was able to get some of those looks where honestly guys on our defense made some really good plays like D linemen, like shedding blocks and making tackles, um, you know, linebackers, you know, you know, filling gaps and making tackles. But you see overall, as time goes on to the game, I think as a running back, you know, like, all right, I'm going to break one of these. And he had that and he had that big touchdown run towards, you know, in, in the end of the game to kind of put it away. Um, but as far as like a receiver group, I think this is the deepest receiver group that I've seen that we had mm-hmm. since, uh, um, you know, KP, 
Quintez, um, AJ um, Taylor, AJ Taylor. Uh, you know, our tight ends were good. Like, th- like this is the re- like deepest receiver group we've had since mm-hmm. those guys, that group. And that group was was really good. Like they were on the and they were coming in when I was when I was leaving out. Um, And I, and I, I remember seeing QT and saying like, bro, he like he's like he's going to be a, a, a dude in a year or two. Yeah. And, you know, seeing A.J. Taylor and the plays that him and KP made. Uh, during camp as freshmen so when I think of a receiver group that was able to have success and then you know some of those guys were able to go to the NFL and have success this is the this group that we have now is kind of what I compare them to and it's just frustrating not seeing them get the the balls and opportunity to to uh to flourish like that but to your example like they have they have dropped the ball but I just think you got to keep going to them right like you got to keep going to them and giving them a little confidence and then also, I think that just with that goes hand in hand with the run game, and that helps BA a lot. Like, if you want to say BA with a light box, I like him every time. He's a walking five yards every time you give him the ball. <laughs> but we got to give him those better looks and 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 help him more out on the outside. Yep. Wait, Matt Perkins. One more thought. We have two good tight ends coming in next year. We have only- one t- one tight end coming in next year. I thought we had two. Uh, he flipped his commitment to UCLA. No, which one? Booker. The kid oh, from Wanaki. Wow. Oh, he's trying That's to get out of here. Oh, man. That's what yeah. that is. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have one. I didn't yeah, see but that. He, but, so. but Grant Stack, he's a dude. He's, he's a dude. dude. That's he's a, a dude. dude. Yeah. Okay, so we are missing an Owen Daniels type tight end also. Yeah, we are. And we've always had one. Yeah, you're right. We were, like, and we've always had one, like a, a Lance Kendricks or um, our me, favorite guy from Fumagale. We had a bunch of Fumagale. Like, Fum was a monster. Foom was Foom Foom was so Foom good. Foom was awesome. Yeah, Foom was awesome. I mean, and then Ferguson, obviously. Like, Ferguson. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So yeah, we're missing. Um, and who am I blanking on? Why am I blanking on him? Matt Perkins. We have him all the time. He played on the Giants. He won a Super Bowl. Beckham. Travis Beckham. Travis Beckham. Sorry, Travis. He's gonna be mad at me. But um, like th- th- that. I think we're missing one of those dudes. Also, mm-hmm. right? We get one of those guys. I think if we if we get one of those guys, we'll be solid because yeah. our wide receivers are stacked. And we just are missing kind of a playmaker underneath a little bit, you know, a little taller, a little could do blocking also. That's yeah. that's what I'll say. I receive that is gonna be that guy. Yeah, he a is. little extra. Uh, uh, after after this season, let me think. I think Chimery DK is a uh a, a senior. Okay. So I think Chim will be gone. Everyone else, I think, still has eligibility. I could check okay. the depth chart. Um, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that everyone still has um, eligibility left after this season. There you go. You're putting the pieces together. I, I like it. So, um, uh, yeah, I will. Um, I think we can wrap it up there um, for <laughs> the day. We appreciate uh, Sojourn. Tell us a little bit more about uh, where people can find you and uh, Warren and James on uh, Camp Randall Platoon. Yeah, so uh, we are on Camp Randall Platoon. Um, we shoot on our, our Mondays uh, after the Badger game and then usually kind of airs between Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, everything. And uh if you just want to get some insight, um, you know, from from former Badger players, as we we talk, we share some stories, uh, you know, our thoughts on the game, you know, check us out. I think uh, overall it's been going really, really well. Uh, we've had success with it. Uh, this past episode was us going back to Madison, my first time since 2017. 
uh, which is a long time from now, <laughs> which was a long time from now. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. There's no place like Madison. Um, it's truly special to me. Uh, met a lot of, you know, friends and, you know, built friendships there that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. So, uh, you know, I'm always thankful for, you know, Badger Nation and, you know, what UW has able has been able to do for me, um, being a kid from South Florida and the opportunity that they gave me. And, uh, you know, yeah, almost constant. And uh, to uh, put a bow on it earlier, Chimri Dike is the only senior in the unit. Uh, okay. Hayden Rucci, the tight end, is also a senior. Okay. So there you have it. Um, and there you have it for us here today on Believe in Badgers. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, we'll be back again soon. Enjoy the Indiana game, everybody. Uh, we, uh, we we know you will. Uh, hoping for a, a big win uh, to get back on track so the Badgers can hopefully win out. Uh, I'm excited. I'll be back for my first Badger game in a very long time for Nebraska. Bernie will be there. Um, okay. I don't know if you're going to be back up there, Sojourn, but uh, if you are, you should, if you aren't, you should consider joining us okay. on, uh, on November 18th. Uh, it'll be a grand old time. So uh, that is going to be it, like I said, for today here on Believe in Badger. So we thank you all for tuning in wherever you are. Uh, rate, subscribe, review, five stars uh, only. If you give us four stars, Tip. I'm inclined to believe that you're a hater. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that'll do it today. So, and until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Tips encouraged. Tips encouraged. There's just nowhere to do it. Just, yeah, we, uh, we, we don't have pointers. a tip jar. Yeah, no tip jar. Yeah, but we, uh, but we do accept payment in forms of uh, cold beers. Yeah, love cold beers. Love them. Cold anything that has alcohol in it. Depends <laughs> on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.